possessing Med Device Unleashed Podcast. Your next level source for all things sales and device. Now, here's your host, Jamie Tipton. Jamie Tipton. Hey, hey. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking with Cam Sexton, CEO and founder of Relay One. Relay One has designed software and a mobile application that delivers real-time data straight from the OR to your phone, notifying reps of things like status of cases they need to cover, case cancellations, when a case time moves, and much more. This conversation was absolutely electric. What they're doing at Relay One and how it came to be is awesome. Let's get this thing rolling. Here he is, Cam Sexton. Cam, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Jamie. How are you? Doing well, man. Nice of you to come on, man. Give us a couple minutes of your time here on MedDevice Unleashed. How's everything going down there in Raleigh, North Carolina? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be on. Excited for the opportunity to talk about what we're doing at Relay One. Things are good here. I think just like everywhere, we're just trying to survive 2020 and make it through this crazy year somehow. Absolutely, man. From the looks of things, you guys are surviving just fine. Before we got on, I was checking out your website. And I saw at the bottom a couple healthcare systems just for the listeners. I mean, Prime Healthcare, that's a huge healthcare system. And you guys have Cone, that's another big one. So, I mean, obviously you guys are making some waves out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had, I think, a lot of success pretty early on, which is really a testament to the product. Our team is pretty incredible, but we just found, I think, a real problem and built a simple solution for it. So the market is reacting well. Obviously, you know, coming into 2020, we had a ton of momentum and we're dealing with COVID like everyone else. So we had to kind of shift strategies a little bit while we were helping support our healthcare customers while they're going through a tough time. So ultimately, for a you know, year and a half, two-year-old startup, I think we're in really good shape. But you know, having to be very careful about how we devote resources and how we go about doing business to make sure that we make it around to uh, 2021 to go ahead and continue growing. Speaking of that, let's start at square one a little bit, hit the rewind button, and let's talk Relay One beginning stages. Just walk the listeners through because, man, I think you guys, and, and I told you this when we talked prior, you guys fill an awesome niche, man. And it's totally needed in this industry. And I'm excited for you to kind of let the listeners know what is Relay One and essentially what's your mission in healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you the quick pitch and then I'll kind of run you through my personal story that led us to building Relay One. Relay One is simply the easiest way for hospitals to coordinate surgeries with their surgical teams and medical device reps. And for your device rep listeners, this is a way to access a live version of your hospital surgical schedule on your phone. So anytime that schedule is updated at the hospital, a case status has changed, a case is canceled or updated in any way, you're now getting that information in real time on your phone. And the way we came to this product was a lot like all really good ideas happen. So I used to be a medical device rep. I worked in the ORs primarily trauma for a great company, KLS Martin, that was based out of Jacksonville, Florida. Did a lot of trauma, did a lot of neuro, a lot of CT work, but I lived in the ORs. And one of the biggest challenges I ran into was just getting access to that case schedule. So my workflow 
on a daily basis, I think your listeners will appreciate. I drove to my two hospitals every single morning, paid for parking, signed into the kiosk, changed into the scrubs and walked in to look at a surgery board to understand you know, how my day was going to go. And I did that every day. And I felt like, this is crazy. Why can't I access this information remote? I mean, everything's in the cloud now. All the EHR systems, all that scheduling software is in the cloud. Why can't we take some software and get that out to our end users to get them that information? So we did some research and really and truly just did some Googling and started calling people to see if this was a viable solution. Started talking to some hospitals and reps and found out that, yes, this could be done. So we set out to build it, got it in the hands of some of our very first customers. And the feedback was really positive. The feedback was amazing from our rep partners and amazing from our hospital partners as well. So, you know, I think that if you can build something that saves people time and money, then generally speaking, other people are going to want it and they're going to want to pay for it too, which is obviously important for any business. So that's kind of how we got to where we are now with what we think is an awesome product. Yeah, always a good thing when you're running a business that people want to pay for, huh? Right. That's kind of necessary to be able to function. I wanted to ask too, for the listeners, where did you get the Relay One name from? Like, where does that stem from? Man, that's an awesome question. We actually don't get asked that. I'm a space nerd. And when we were looking for names, I wanted to give something that would kind of allow us to build other products and not peg us into, you know, one specific niche or whatever. Relay made a lot of sense because we wanted to relay the message. But Relay One is actually one of the first communication satellites that the United States government ever launched. And with me being a big fan of space, it was kind of a natural fit. And also, too, all important when naming startups, the domain was available for a cheap price. So that actually led to where we are with the name. Well, you need to move down here to Houston. That's where I am. And this is Space City down here. You'd enjoy it. Absolutely. Awesome story. That's incredible. I mean, I got a ton of respect, and I'm sure the listeners do, for somebody who you know comes out, works hard, and then comes up with an idea. And then most people, it just ends there. And you took that idea and you ran with it and created a company and obviously a product that people want. Kudos to you and the whole Relay One team, man. I, I absolutely love it. I, you know, I was going to also tell you, in terms of what your product does, I can relate to it wholeheartedly. And what's nice about the Relay One product and the case times and the changes and the notifications is I don't care if you're a trauma rep or you're a regular, you know, I've worked interventional pain. And so we're not on call, but like everyone else, like the OBGYN reps, like the wound care, I mean, everybody's got case times and, and I've been in hospitals multiple times and I know the listeners can relate to this where you're sitting around spinning your wheels, twiddling your thumbs. And your cases get canceled, they get moved, and you feel like five, six hours passes and you're like, I've done nothing with today. And you've lost that day and your company's lost that day. So it's kind of a no-win situation. And I wanted to ask you, in terms of Relay One, obviously an, an awesome company, but what similarities, Cam, do you see between running a business, being the CEO of a business? and also managing your own medical device territory? Because I think that's a lot of people's mindset is they're managing their own franchise, so to speak, when they're looking at their territory. I think it'd be cool just to kind of hear from you on what you think the similarities are. Yeah, there's so many similarities. And I think in a lot of ways, it prepared me to be able to start this company, you know, get the traction we have so far. So if you look at 
running a device territory, most of your listeners probably don't have an office, so you're always on the road. You're not seeing your manager every day. There's not a lot of structure around you. Nobody's telling you where to be and when to be there. Like You're responsible to be there for your surgeon's cases, and you're responsible for growing your business. And if you need to make something happen, it's on you. you know. And if you're not working hard, your competitors are going to take business away from you. You know, sometimes your company may not have the best insight into what's happening in your territory. So you got to be creative. You got to innovate. You got to find ways to be successful. And ultimately, in devices, if you work hard and continue to grind, continue to grind, wait for that opportunity, wait for another rep to make a mistake, then ultimately, you're solely responsible for your success. I mean, very rarely is it the case that, and I'm sure this has happened, but like a recall would cause you to lose all your business. Really, it's up to you. And that's entrepreneurship and especially entrepreneurship now. And like to be in a healthcare startup in 2020, like healthcare startups are hard enough as they are, but being one, you know, during a pandemic, extremely difficult. And it's the same case for running your territory right now. You've had elective surgeries canceled. You got to adapt. You don't have the access to the hospitals that you used to have you got to adapt. And by the way, Relay One gives you the remote access to that information, shameless plug right there in the middle. But being able to tolerate risk and not be afraid, not be paralyzed by fear to go out and try something, that's entrepreneurship and running a device territory summed up into one thing. That was awesome, man. Thank you for that. Um, during these sales calls, I just want to talk about like the sales process for Relay One. When you go in to sell this product, because I think it fills so many different areas, are you seeing whoever you're speaking with, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, Cam, are you talking to mostly C-suite? Is this mostly a C-suite sale or? Yes and no. So the selling point always starts with whoever's overseeing the OR. So the director of surgical services is our number one call point, but we're also very involved with the clinical coordinators who would be the touch points for your listeners as well. Got it. Okay. That's what I was looking for. I was thinking, okay, Are you going right to the C-suite? I mean, obviously, you're going to probably have to work your way up, but the director of surgical services is going to be the major beneficiary of this product because it's going to save their staff time, money, I'm sure on top of other things. Are you guys working on some type of white paper that would show the hospitals and the customers the cost savings or time savings with the software? Yeah, absolutely. So we build a business case for every hospital that we work with, and that's just part of the enterprise sales process. And that's something I learned from my time being a device rep and understanding the differences being an enterprise software sales rep. There's a lot of differences. And I've always said that if I was ever to go back and be a medical device rep, I'd be so much better because I've learned a lot more about the processes and how everyone's evolved. And like back in the day, and this is way before my time selling devices as well, but from my understanding, my manager used to tell me that he would just walk a set into the hospital, show it to a surgeon, ask him if he wanted to try it on the case, and then they would flash it and try it. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. Like You got to go through a horrific process of approvals and contracts and all sorts of different parties. It's all the same in software sales. So a big part of doing that is you got to get clinical support, but then you got to assist your clinical team in convincing the leadership of the hospital that this is going to work. So they may understand that, yes, this is going to improve all of these things, but I've got to see you know, an ROI, a return on investment, and i got to see some data behind that. And I think a lot of what we do in software sales is also very applicable to bringing new products in you know, on the implant or the device side is proving that ROI. And I think the more you can do with that, the better chance you have of standing out and actually getting a product approved. 
Man, that is the name of the game. We've talked about it on previous episodes. In today's healthcare sales, software, hardware, whatever you're selling, consensus selling, you have to be able to do it. And you got to be able to coach the customer, find the right people in that organization that's going to help drive that thing to the top. We've talked about that exact same thing in previous episodes. So it is nice to hear you kind of circle back and touch on that because I think that's a huge, huge thing. Not just flashing the hardware, not just flashing the pan and trying the stuff. Cindy's got to try it. Frank's got to take a look at it. And then he's got to pass it over to his boss and his boss has to look. So to get it into the healthcare systems you guys have, have gotten it into and gotten a positive response with is just so phenomenal. That's not an overnight thing. And that takes a lot of work and ultra proud of Relay One for that. Yeah, thank you. So presentation skills, Cam, you sound like you're very confident. You come across, you have a good swagger about you. Okay, man. Would you say presentation skills wise, did you have this previously before you got into what you're in or did you kind of have to develop your presentation skills? I had a good foundation for it, right? I was a college athlete, spent a lot of time in front of the media. So I definitely had maybe a little bit of an advantage going in from some experience, but There's a couple of things that go along with presentation that I think are important that I've learned over the years. Number one, it's like it's a cliche, but really it's true. Like you got to have some passion behind it. And you don't necessarily have to be like ultra passionate about this one product that your company just came out with or what you're selling. And maybe you're just passionate about the competition. Maybe you're passionate about trying to win and close deals, but you just can't fake it, right? You can't go into something and fake excitement because they're going to see through it. So I would suggest find what your avenue is there and try to develop some real energy behind it. Because if you sound excited, you're going to get other people excited. And one of the most important things is not only getting your clinical champions excited or whoever your champion is in the hospital, you got to empower them and make their job of selling it up the chain as easy as possible. That just comes along you know, with hard work. But I'd say in terms of presentation skills, be excited about what you're doing and find a way to be excited about it. And then practice your pitch. Like one of the things that I learned coming into enterprise sales was that most of our pitches were over Zoom. They weren't in person, which is, is much more challenging. And I literally just practiced saying things out loud, practice my pitch. And I didn't do that a whole lot as a device rep. And it probably could have been better as one. So I think that would be my, you know, kind of core belief there. And when you're going out to pitch something is find what gets you excited. Speaking about the pitching. I know, and I'm sure, and I don't know what the financial situation is for Relay One, but did you guys have to go out and secure some investments for the company? And I'm assuming you were saying that some of your pitch stuff, that's not just the customers. And I want the listeners to understand that you went out if you guys secured investments and pitched the company to potential investors. Yeah, we have a pretty good story behind how we raised our first seed round. My VP of sales and I, who's also a co-founder, Eddie Seidenstricker, we both worked on a startup previously. It's actually a startup we founded that was a social media app. And in retrospect, it was an absolutely terrible idea. I mean, it was awful. We learned a lot from that. And we actually tried to pitch our current investors that idea. And they were like, politely like, guys, we're just not interested in that. So when we had the idea for Relay One, we went to take it back to them. And you know, they were like, guys, we're not going to hear another social media idea. And we're like, no, no, like this is different. Like just hear us out. So with only a sheet of paper, like a one pager that I made, we took it into their office. We had no product, no customers, not a single line of code written. I mean, nothing. And we pitched them the idea. And within 15 minutes, they were ready to invest. And that was simply because 
I lived the problem. I was energetic about solving it. And I could clearly define, you know, what was happening and how we could fix it. And having some domain expertise there was really beneficial to us. And we raised, you know, that money from them. And we also took it out to our first customers and pitched with just a piece of paper to them. So that's how Relay One got funded. And the only reason we're kind of here today, you know, with the opportunity to do this. That is an awesome story. Just a sheet of paper and some passion. That's it. And you can get there. I agree with you 100% on everything you're talking about, about passion. And, and the customer can feel that. They can read that. And they want to do business with somebody that's passionate about what they have. You know, someone that comes in and just is very blah and very monotoned, doesn't really care, just looking to get out of the whatever room they're in that they're talking to, whatever meeting they're in. They can feel that. And that definitely plays into their decision-making process when it comes to you know buying whatever product you're selling. You know, in this case, Relay One. That's awesome, man. You got to stand out. There's so much competition. You got to give yourself a chance. Like, what are you going to do that other people aren't doing? How are you thinking differently about how to do this? Because it's not just go pitch your product. Somebody's like, yeah, great. And you get a contract. I mean, that's just not reality for us or anybody selling devices into a healthcare system. So what are you going to do differently? What's going to give you the opportunity to be successful there where somebody else is? Those are the things that I ask myself every day. You know, and one thing as well, you mentioned before you're a prior athlete. So tell the listeners, what did you play? I think ex-athletes, collegiate athletes, people that were serious in sports, even obviously pro athletes to that degree, I think that they inherently, I mean, there's, there are traits that they possess, maybe that other people don't. And what are some things from the sports side that you always utilize or that have really played well in the, so far as sales is concerned? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So I played football at the University of North Carolina. I was the quarterback there. And, you know, at the time, there was a lot of people, not only our coaches, telling us, like, this experience will set you up in life. And we were all like, yeah, sure, whatever. But looking back on it, there's so many things I learned there that I'm just so appreciative that I had that opportunity. So here's a couple of things that I think are the most important. And this sounds maybe stupid, but be on time. Like, I was so terrified of being late to meetings and getting ridiculed, not only by my coaches, but my team. Like I showed up to everything like 20 minutes early. So if you show up late to a meeting with somebody, that's a sign of disrespect to their time. So I make sure I don't care what it is. I'm early to everything. It's so simple. It's something easy. Also playing sports like football was hard. I mean, we were running sprints at six o'clock in the morning. I probably have like three or four concussions, you know, working out in the heat. Like all those things are really, really hard that you hate doing while you're doing them. But you look back on it and it's like, wow, everything's kind of easy now. So relate back to something in your past, whether it was a sport or anything else that you went through that was hard. That's a growing experience that you can relate to what you're doing now. And I think it makes things seem easier. I think another statement I heard from somebody, one quote that I love is like, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that's sales 101, that if you're putting yourself in those kind of positions, you're setting yourself up for success because you're learning from your failures, you're getting better, you're getting more confident. Those things, they're just all so critical and important, not only in sales, but in life in general. So, you know, a few things there that I think I bring over from sports and then all the usual stuff like working well with people, discipline, like those things are so applicable to life. Yeah, you just see a lot of the, and I know them and, and I've worked with them, a lot of the ex-athletes, they just take a hold of a situation, good under pressure. They want to be under pressure. That's where they perform the best. So all that kind of stuff plays in. And no, that was perfect. So when it comes to Relay One and your experience with Relay One, 
what was the light bulb moment, essentially? You're out there and you say, hey, I've ran into this problem. I'm sure you've had plenty of days where you're hanging out in the hospital, you know, doing whatever and, you know, essentially wasting time. Was there one particular day where you just like, man, that's it. I'm done. Throw the hands up like I'm creating this. Or was it just compiled over time or any kind of story with that? No, I think it was compiled over time, but there was definitely a few moments that really stood out to me. And I know your listeners will appreciate this, but I can't tell you how many calls I got at five o'clock that was like, hey, Cam, I need this product for this case tomorrow. What time is it? Oh, it's 7.30 a.m. first start. I'm like, all right. So now I got to like try to figure out where I'm going to steal a set from, or I got to try to overnight this in somehow from my company. And it always kept adding up. And I was like, this is awful. This is pointless. And that's why Relay 1. Like Relay 1, you can see all the cases that are scheduled at your facilities as far out into the future as they have them scheduled. So that hopefully solves that problem. But for me, I was living and working out of Jacksonville, Florida. One of my accounts was Tallahassee Memorial in Tallahassee, Florida. And if anybody's ever driven from Jacksonville to Tallahassee, it's two hours and 15 minutes of just swamps and nothing. And what I would do is I'd call the OR at midnight the night before and ask if the case was still on. And then I would call again at 4 a.m. and see if it was still on. Then I would get in the car and head over there. And I can't tell you how many times I walked into that hospital and it's like, oh, the patient ate, we canceled the case, or we canceled the case for some other reason. And nobody told me about it. So now I've wasted, you know, almost five hours of my day, which is basically a whole day in our world. I've been doing something else. And I'm like, this is a waste of my time, my company's time and resources. This is a waste of all of my surgeons' time that I'm not servicing their account or preparing for stuff the next day. And I was like, this is just insane. Like, it may not be Relay One that solves this problem, but for sure, a product like ours will be in every hospital in the country in the next five years, I think, because it's just crazy to be doing it this way. Absolutely. It's insane. It's really insane. And again, I could say this a hundred times on this podcast. I've been there. As you're talking, I'm just nodding my head. I mean, you can't see me, but I'm just nodding my head smiling because it's so relevant and it's so real in today's world. And I totally get why your customers love it too, because it saves them time. I mean, the reps are one thing. It was my next point because I knew like reps were going to love this product for sure because I was one. We basically built it for me. I was really, really surprised at how much our hospitals wanted this product too. Because it's so hard to you know, track down reps or remember to tell reps about cases. And things change so quickly in the OR. As you guys know, they have a million things to do that they just simply forget. So the great thing about our product is just, it's mutually beneficial for both parties, which should set us up for success. Absolutely going to set you up for success. I mean, nothing but success. If I'm the director of surgical services, I want this tomorrow. And you know what's awesome, Cam? And I think the listeners will agree with this. Essentially, a product like this, there's thousands of medical device reps. A product like this, when they hear this podcast or when they hear about this product from wherever, they're going to be like, man, I should bring this up to the OR director on something they should look at. I think this product just speaks to reps so much. I don't know if you have a Salesforce man, but you may not need to hire one because yeah. I'm trying to go tell my people to look at bringing this in because it's going to help me on the front end and the back end. And it's going to make me look good when I bring this to the customer. And they're like, wait, this is a thing? I totally agree with you. And I think it's a no-brainer for any reps. So with that being said, if any of your listeners are interested in bringing this product into your hospital, I'd love to chat with you about it. You can send me an email. It's just cam, C-A-M, at relay1.com. Send me an email. I'll reach out. 
And this is something that you would make some introductions and then our sales team would take over from there. We would certainly be able to consider within the appropriate means of your contract with your company, some sort of a uh, referral fee or something. That's something we would definitely be interested in talking about. That light bulb just went off for me. I was like, wait, this thing is so easy to just, you know, bring to somebody and say, hey, you should take a look at this because, I mean, it just makes total sense. Let's talk about the app for a second, because obviously this thing works over an app and super hard to integrate. I'm sure I know nothing about it. To be able to integrate into an EHR of a major health system. So what were some challenges you guys had to overcome with that? Because you can't sit here and tell me that wasn't a bear. It's our biggest challenge. For sure, it's our biggest challenge because what you run into at the hospitals is they have limited IT resources and they're inundated with projects. So they've got all kinds of stuff they're working on. And then like, let's take COVID for an example. Things like telehealth became the priority because it was the only way they could see patients. So that gets moved up the list. The actual technical component of integrating our app is really easy. It's a minimal amount of work for us and for their team to actually integrate the app. It just takes a long time to get all the sign-offs and just kind of move up that IT list to where you're prioritized. But it's our job to prove the value back to the hospital system to get them to go do the work themselves. But in terms of the actual pipes that need to get hooked up and all the code and stuff, it's actually pretty simple. And our team, our engineering team is really, really strong. They've done a phenomenal job to build a product that's really easy to work with. So what's going on with the app portion of it? If I'm with a hospital and they have Relay One. I mean, I'm assuming you guys have something on the app. So yeah, download the app, log in. Talk about the usability of it and just how friendly it is for the reps. I want to talk about our engineering team a little bit. Chuck, Tom, and Tyler, they all have experience with consumer apps and building consumer apps. And that was really, really important for us because when people think about healthcare software, the general thought is like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. This is going to be incredibly hard to use. I'm not going to be able to see how this works. And what we did is we simply replicate the hospital surgery board and we provide all that information and it looks basically like a Google calendar and we organize it by OR and it's really simple. You put your email address in and then it brings up your facilities. You tap right in and you see an OR board exactly how you would see it at your hospital. And that's as simple as it is. There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to make it that simple. And that was critical for us. And another piece that differentiates us and your listeners should know is that all of this happens automatically. This takes no inputs from the hospital. It takes no inputs from the rep. You simply open it up and the app is already working. And however that system at the hospital, however they're updating their software, however they're making changes to their schedule, it's automatically reflected right back into the app. You can tap and follow your surgeons. You can tap and follow specific cases. And we can get you down to the, in the app, the granular detail of the patient progress or the case status. So if you've got a patient that's in pre-op, in procedure, procedure closed, in the PACU, you're going to get all that information too. Really? Yeah. That's the big one. That's the thing that took a lot of work and was really hard to get. But I think when you know like, hey, a patient's rolling back or patient's in facility, like those are really, really key indicators for a rep to know like I either got to head over there, I got to walk back to the OR. So when you say in facility, that is key info though. I mean, that'll buy you when they're checked in, you know, depending. And you know, in your head, when you're a rep, you've been to these facilities before. You're like, okay, well, it takes them usually this long to prep the room, this long to put the patient on the bed. 
So, you know, I have a couple minutes, let me do this first or, or what have you. But that information right there, how do you guys get to that detail? Because some of my hospitals, and maybe listeners disagree with me, but some of my hospitals have the in-procedure and in-progress. Is that something that can be taken on and off, just depending on the hospitals? Are you guys able to do that everywhere? No, that's purely dependent on the hospital. And that's one of the pieces of our app is we only mirror the information that we get from the hospital. So if it's being displayed on their board, it's being displayed on ours. And that's the limit that we can do. So if they have that capability, we have that capability. Okay, cool. Got it. And yeah, normally with that, whatever's on their board, there is like in progress and stuff. So I mean, I would assume most hospitals do have that information, you know, checked in and what have you. Yeah, most do. Some certainly don't. But I think those that don't will eventually get there. And I think also, too, something to consider is what's the alternative is I got to call into the front desk 10 times a day and ask. And I think all of our reps have told us, because some of our first hospitals didn't have that capability, and all of our reps told us, like, even having any bit of information more than we currently have is awesome for us. And we'll continue to get better, for sure, building out. We take feedback from our hospitals and reps all the time. And because one of the benefits of being a young startup is you can do things really quickly. Like, we don't have to go through a whole bunch of corporate governance and all that to get changes made. We can make updates within weeks, and we do. And our goal and my personal mission for this is to make sure that we provide an awesome product for both our hospital customers and our rep customers so that the end result is everything works better for everybody. It's mutually beneficial. And one of the things I always think about too, and I check in is I'm thinking to myself, every time I click that rep tracks button, I'm thinking this is insanity. Like there's companies that have created this. I mean, I'm surprised at that type of thing. I know it's not relay one sector, but that rep check-in model, it makes total sense. And there's even hospitals in Houston Cam that do it themselves, that don't even use rep check. Like they've created their own software to do rep check-in. Is that something relay like I know this is kind of early on in relay one's lifespan, but does relay one move in that direction next? Or what are you thinking five, six years from now? Yeah, it's a great question. That's not a direction I think we want to move in. I mean, my experience with RefTracks and VendorMate, even though, look, they're great companies, and they, I think, built a product that a lot of us wish we would have thought of and serves a good purpose. But my experience there was like, the kiosk is down. I can't get into my OR. I can't print my badge. Like That seemed to happen almost every day somewhere. So it was really frustrating. So our thing for Relay One was like, we want to build a product that's actually awesome for reps. Because everywhere reps go, they're getting dinged for like, you got to have the paper scrubs. You got to wear the red hat. You got to intermate. And like, look, we charge for our product. And I think we charge a very reasonable fee that's somewhere around what the vendor credentialing companies would charge you. But I think ultimately the real goal there was to build something great for the reps and in turn help the hospitals. Now with future products in mind, I won't go into too many details, but I think we're definitely exploring some avenues on how we can help the medical device companies, you know, better serve their reps, like with shipping, product allocation, having a better understanding of what products they're going to need and in what volumes. I think one thing I always saw as a rep is I kept so much stuff on consignment because I never knew what I would need. And then it feels like every time that I went to request something I needed, it was on back order. And I think part of the problem there is medical device companies don't have a lot of insight into what's actually going on at the hospitals in terms of cases, volumes. And if ultimately we could help them with some of that data, 
then I think in turn, they would be able to better serve their reps. And, and one of the biggest things for me is like, I love to be able to contribute to eliminating back orders because I just hated them. Man, Cam, so you're literally just, and it's genius. You're sitting here thinking about the major issues you encounter. And I feel like this is how all great businesses normally start. You're just taking major problems and just creating these things essentially for yourself. Right. And then saying, okay, this is what I would have wanted because I was in the driver's seat. I sat in it. I had this issue. These are real life, real time issues in our industry that relay one is like, look, we're going to attempt to solve these things. It may not be us. It may be us. But either way, we're going to give it a shot. Really not as hard as people make it out to be. Like Build a product that solves a problem and then listen to your customers. And what your customers are telling you they want, that's the stuff you should go build. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple, but it's also difficult at the same time. Yeah, it's difficult to make it happen behind the scenes, but it's really and truly not that difficult to actually understand when he's going to do it. So like, there's this quote out there. I know it's attributed to Steve Jobs. I don't know if he actually said it or not, but he was like, the customer isn't always right. Like That's something that a customer would say. And I think, like, sure, there's some truth to being innovative and building things that people don't know they need yet, right? But if you hear five or six people tell you, like, I'd really like to have this, there's a good chance that you need to build that and that people would pay for that. And then it would ultimately help people. So I think that's important is always listen to your customers, even if your customers are at hospitals and they're requesting stuff about implants, like pass that information along because it's valuable. This may sound like a dumb question, but did you run this by, I mean, obviously you had two hospitals mainly that you visited with your time as a medical device rep. Did you mention this to, I'm sure you were tight with the surgical staff and the director of surgical services. Did you say, hey, if you had this, what would you think? Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. I was really close with one of my surgeons down in Jacksonville and I used to sit with him in his office and he would have like the surgery board up on his computer and he would see something change And he's like, all right, I got to head over to the OR. And I thought to myself, you know, why can't he have that on his phone somewhere and be anywhere, be in clinic, be doing whatever he needed to do. And I think that some of those early conversations, not only with my surgeons and the staff, but I like had conversations with my rep group techs, you know, everybody's got them. And the consensus was always like, oh my God, I'd love to have that. It's just nobody felt like it could be done. And I'm not the one to be told something can't be done. So we just went out and tried it and it worked. You know, I'm going to ask you this. You have it written down as a point to ask you because I think it's a major thing for most people in our industry. And it's something that not everybody comes up with ideas like this. But during the course of your time in the medical device industry, if you're in it long enough, I feel like you find certain issues. You're like, man, I should have thought of that. Or I signed into RepTracks. Man, I should have thought of that. There's people out there that I guarantee you thought about the RepTracks thing before the RepTracks, you know, I'm just saying RepTracks is an example, just comes to mind, but the RepTracks, that type of vendor credentialing system came out and they're beating themselves up. What is your advice if you're a medical device rep out there and you have an idea, like what are just a couple tidbits, Cam? Because you went outside and I love the quote and I've actually mentioned it on previous podcasts, you need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And so very fitting that you said that. And I think it's super uncomfortable for medical device reps because you're making good money, you have good benefits, it's competitive, but it's stable as long as you perform. To step out on a limb and get really uncomfortable is something that scares people. But I think that most seasoned reps want to do that at some juncture. What's some tidbits, man? What's some advice that you'd give somebody that's kind of on the edge 
in their career, they've got experience and they, they think they might have something that's worthwhile to create a company. Yeah. I mean, I could go on forever here because this is what I get excited about, but there's a couple of things right away that everybody should know. First of all, it's never going to be the right time because it's always like, man, you know, I had a really good year. I'm really going to blow it out next year. Like I'm going to be at 120% to plan. The bonus is going to be huge. I'll do it next year. Or it's like, I got this going on and I don't think it's the right time. Like it is never going to be the right time. That leads me into my next point is like, if you want to be different, if you want to do things that are different than other people, if you want to be different than other people, then you got to be willing to take risks. Like you got to be willing to go out there and get away from that massive paycheck that a lot of reps are making. That can be a really addictive thing in and of itself. And you got to be willing to go out and try and you got to really be ready to fail because this stuff is really, really hard. But so is running a device territory. You could lose a major account and be done. You could lose a surgeon. You could lose a contract, have a product recall. There's so many things that can happen. You just can't be afraid to try. Somebody told me something once and it's a quote and it goes something like entrepreneurship is like running a marathon. Like If you show up, you've beaten 75% of the people because they weren't willing to do the training and were too scared to show up and actually do it. So just try. You can always go back and work a job. They're always going to be there in some capacity. So use your rep, you know, use the mojo you got from being a rep. Being a rep is super hard. It's just like being an entrepreneur. Just don't be afraid to go out there and take a shot. I mean, I love that. And one thing I just pulled out of that, this is something I kind of try to live by as well is don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Most people fear failure. Failure is a bad thing. I think that failure, almost like not having mistakes on purpose, right? Because you always want to try and win whenever you can. But people that make mistakes and fail, the only thing is it's a problem if you don't learn from it. And it's a problem if you don't grow from it. And people are afraid to fail. Failure is okay just as long as you know how to pull yourself back up and learn from it on why you failed. You just kind of touched on it a little bit there. Like, look, being uncomfortable, failure, they go hand in hand. And I think that you got out there with Relay One and with a piece of paper and some passion, you could have felt flat on your face. What's your thought here? Is like, do you want to go out and fail? Or do you want to look back filled with regret? Like, man, I never tried and I could have done something. You know, I'm hitting you with a lot of quotes here, but this is an Elon Musk quote and I'm a space nerd. So this is why I picked this up. But he said at one point, failure is an option. If you're not willing to fail, you're not innovating enough. And that's applicable to med devices, entrepreneurship, or anything you do in life. If you want to go out and obtain things that other people don't have, you got to be willing to fail. And failure is all perspective. Like you can look at it like, I failed, I'm a loser or whatever. Or you can look at it like, I just gained a whole bunch of knowledge. I got uncomfortable. Now I'm comfortable with that. Now I can take the next step to doing whatever it is that's going to come after that. I got a random question for you. You're not the CEO of Relay One. You didn't do medical device sales. You know, coming out of UNC, what was the dream job? What did you want to get into? Yeah, that's a great question. I think before UNC, before I was going to be a football player, like I wanted to be a fighter pilot. That was a big passion of mine. I think that for whatever reason, like the aeronautical space thing has always been something I've been really interested in. So if it wasn't Relay One, and hopefully actually what goes into this afterwards is being able to build something in the world of space or space infrastructure or something like that. And I think probably the idea of like, hey, what's out there? Like, what do we not know about what's out there is probably all ties back into my entrepreneurial spirit of trying to push into the unknown, trying to do things that haven't been done for. And what's that goal that's out there? 
Does your entrepreneurial spirit stem from your family, your dad, your mom? Is your dad an entrepreneur? Is your mom an entrepreneur? Yeah, the roots are there. They were small business owners. They ran a dry cleaning business, which you know I saw them working seven days a week, 24 hours a day. A lot of hardships there. Certainly an inspiration to me to see them do that. They also owned a medical transcription company. It just shows that they weren't afraid to go out and try those things too. To be able to see them struggle through some of the hard times, like trying to figure out how you're going to make payroll and you know dealing with some of those things, that always kind of inspired me. Also too, I'm not really big on authority. So I've always wanted to be out on my own, you know, building my own things. I think I always struggled when the constraints of, you know, corporate life are working for somebody else. And that's why that's also why being a medical device rep was interesting to me because I certainly was, you know, responsible for my own success there. Yeah. And it's interesting because the medical device side, you're definitely an entrepreneur, right? You had that entrepreneurial spirit, but I think you can get yourself, it's just so dependent and maybe you disagree with me, Cam, but it's so dependent on your manager too. Because if you get somebody who's going to micromanage you and you get somebody who's like leaning over top of you all day long, I think that you lose kind of that entrepreneurial spirit. But if you have a manager and they manage you the right way, which is let the performer perform, I think that's where medical device reps really thrive. And obviously, we don't need to get into it on what your situation was with whatever company you were with, with KLM. But I feel like you had a good experience there. I mean, a good and bad experience, right? My experience with KLS was phenomenal. I mean, they were an excellent company. And my boss that hired me, Randy McKinney, still one of my favorite human beings to this day. He was old school, straight shooter, very blunt, very honest. And he had a few rules. And it was, you know, work hard, never lie to me. I learned so much from him that I think I apply a lot of that to how I manage our team now. And one of the biggest things, like you talk about micromanaging, if you've hired a medical device rep to run a territory that you feel like you need to micromanage, you've hired the wrong person. Enough said, man. I could not agree with that anymore. I mean, it's that simple. You've hired the wrong person. You've made the wrong choice because the whole point is you hire the high-performing person that's going to go out there and drive the business. doesn't need someone to tell them what to do or where to go. Right. Cam, this has been awesome, man. This has been epic, to be honest. And I appreciate you coming on. I want to let the listeners get an idea on where they can contact you. I know you said it earlier, but let's say it again before we hop off. Where they can contact you, where they can learn more about Relay One. Give us the spiel, man. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us at RelayOne.com and that's spelled out R-E-A-L-Y-O-N-E.com. We've got a contact form there. You can get in touch with us or just shoot me an email and that's Cam, C-A-M at RelayOne.com would be... Happy to talk to anybody, get feedback, talk about features. If you've got a healthcare system that you would be interested in us talking to, please get in touch with me and we would love to have those conversations. Cam, we wish you and Eddie and the rest of the Relay One family the best of luck. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. See you guys. 